0: There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net-zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hi, and welcome back to Net Zero Carbon. I'm Tyler Cole, your host, and this is the show at Freight Waves, where we focus on all things around sustainable supply chains, but particularly with the lens on freight, fuels, and energy. Today, I have the honor of being joined by two special guests, special guests from one of the largest container shipping lines in the world, CMA-CGM. Please, uh, listeners, welcome and give a loud round of applause in your room if you're listening at home to Heather Wood and Claire Martin. Hi, thanks for joining me. Heather, why don't we start with you and get a little bit of a background on your role at CMA CGM, and then we'll hand it off to Claire.
1: Tyler, thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, I am Head of Sustainability for CMA CGM in North America, which means I work to um, execute the group's strategy across across the U.S. and Canada in terms of our end-to-end supply chain logistics and ocean carrier services.
0: Excellent. And you're based in Norfolk, Virginia, right? That's correct. That's Excellent. Thanks for joining the show. Claire, what about you? Can you tell us about your role?
2: Uh, Hi, everyone, and thank you for inviting us. Uh, My role, I'm the vice president uh, for the CMA-CGM group in charge of what we call corporate social responsibility or sustainability. So my role is really to set the vision, the ambition of the group, translate the vision of our chairman and CEO, Rodol Sade, into roadmap. Action plan. Uh, first of all, to decarbonize uh, our our uh, sector, our uh, logistic and uh, shipping sector. We're gonna we're gonna come back on this, and but also to embark all our uh, people or our partners, uh, stakeholders in this journey. That's my role.
0: That is a big task for an organization as large as CMA CGM. Could you give us a little bit of a breakdown on? exactly what the company does. It's in operating in 160 countries and a $50 billion company, but can you just contextualize that for listeners?
2: Sure. So we are one of the key players around the, the, the world in container shipping and logistic, multi-model logistic. Uh, with, uh, um, so we are really covering the entire uh, supply chain, I would say. We are the number three, in the world for a company which is a pretty young company because we were founded 44 years ago here in Marseille in the south of France by Jacques Sadi, and now our chairman of and CEO is Mr. Rodolphe Sadi, and our role is really to provide to our customers uh, and, uh, the entire offer in terms of container shipping and logistic f- between the producer and the end consumer because we are in again container shipping but also ground logistic air cargo de- we have an air cargo division we have also a full uh, a, a full logistic warehouse uh, uh, offer uh, and we are also uh, doing the last mile delivery uh, since uh, last year so um, Pretty large uh, area. We are, as you said, present in 160 countries with a, with a uh, fleet of close to 600 vessels uh, that are uh, going around the world in 420 ports, different ports around the world. So we are really connecting almost all the dots around the world on the five continents.
0: Claire, that was great. Thank you for that overview. And this is a great opportunity to have you on the show because we frequently focus on how hard it is to get organizations aligned on sustainability vision, especially if you're a large multinational that doesn't own your supply chain and you're trying to get your suppliers to help you towards your decarbonization efforts. With that in mind, how has CMA CGM thought about forward looking targets across your own supply chain? And, and do you have a net zero target? And if so, can you tell me a little bit more about it?
2: Sure, we have. I mean, our uh, ambition is to be one of the leaders in sustainability in the sector of shipping and logistics with our golden target to be net zero by 2050 on all our activities from the shipping, air cargo, logistics, and last mile delivery. Okay. And doing this together with our customers, with our suppliers, and also with our 150,000 employees, because they will be also the key drivers of this.
0: You guys are clearly a leader in this space. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to make sure we got you guys on the show was to talk about some of that recognition of that activities you guys have received recently. So uh, a lot of our listeners will be familiar with ratings agencies like EcoVadis. You guys recently received a platinum award from them, and I would love one of you to to break down what that means, why it's important, what goes into that selection process year over year. Just describe it um, a little bit more for us.
2: I can start with one word. Uh, Being platinum with Ecovadis means being among the 100% of most efficient companies in all the, 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 uh, the, the elements that are covered by Ecovadis. For us, it's a clear recognition of the relevance of the way we manage all these sustainability activities. The third party uh, recognition is very important. It's not only we say what we are doing, but someone which is totally independent is saying that we're doing the right thing and that we're heading in the right direction. But perhaps either can complete
1: so, you know, in, in the U.S., it, what it means for us is that clients like Dow Chemical, General Motors, Coca-Cola have, have a comfort level, have a, an assurance that CMA CGM is acting and operating sustainably and ethically and in compliance, as well as managing our risks. So it's something that the procurement those the procurement divisions of those customers are looking for. To, to understand that their goods are going to be moved in a way that, that assures that not only will they be delivered uh, on time, but they will be delivered with sustainably with limited environmental impacts and limited risk.
0: So important to recognize the value of third party verification in this space and, and even to take a step back, because we can oftentimes get too narrowly focused on the emissions piece and the decarbonization efforts and what we need to do there and forget about, there's a lot of compliance risk in these markets that we have to operate in. There's a lot of supply chain, whether it's um, you know California's supply chain regulations where you have to make sure that there's no forced labor. Uh, we wanna make sure, and companies like EcoVadis are among those helping I'm sure firms like you and your customers to do so, to stay compliant with regulations, but also to look at just the way companies are being governed because it's not just emissions, right? You guys focus a lot on the broader umbrella of ESG. And I love, I love your CSR having three pillars, right? People, planet, and fair trade. And it encompasses, you know, twelve total sustainable development priorities. I would love to to get an overview of how the company's making progress on those goals. And maybe Claire, you could detail those a little bit more for us.
2: Sure. But uh, back on EcoVadis, I would like to add one last comment. It's not the first year, actually, that the group is platinum, And it's the third year. Uh, uh, and this shows the consistency of our, our uh, ambition and of the action plan. Because if you are year after year awarded at such level, it really means that you're, you're really making efforts continuously, and not big push one year, but nothing the other year. And this is really what can help us to go down to net zero by 2050, because the road, the, the way, uh, the roadmap down to 2050, it's a consistent progress. And back to your question about the way we, we manage this for sure in any kind of the, any, area of the business, if you don't measure and you, you you are not able to measure your impact, your action, you will never be able to progress. And this is why we have established to be sure that we cover all the areas, as you said, of ESG. We have covered with 18 uh, key KPIs, actually, which are followed at the highest level of our company, means with our chairman, these 18 KPIs among a set of 100 uh, of even more indicators that we are following on a daily basis. But we have selected 18 KPIs, uh, one third for each of our three pillars, on the planet, sustainability, on the people, how we embark our people, how we train them, but also how we take into consideration the issues of gender diversity, uh, visible minorities, and all those things which equal, equal opportunities for our people, but also the way we work in the fair trade pillar with our customers and suppliers. So we follow those 18 indicators, KPIs, every quarter with our chairman. And if we are not progressing enough, or if there is a gap between the way we are, the, the the step we are in, the the final objective, we put in place action plans. Excellent,
0: Heather. Is there a similar rhythm here in the U.S. with how those are being tracked? That's being driven down globally. How does the U.S. contribute, or is there a difference in how different regions participate, or is there a different focus on goals by region?
1: Well, I think. It- in terms of how we're tracking and in KPIs, we work very closely with our colleagues in Marseille at the group level to to report, provide uh, provide metrics, provide input, you know, from from our activities and actions here, you know, in the United States. And you know, one of the things that we're working on directly now with with our uh, colleagues there is to work to put a lot of the data that is being transmitted from the acoustic, uh, sensory buoys in off the North Atlantic coast to, to mi- track the migration of, of right whales. We're actually working with our fleet centers to have that data, uh, put into the fleet centers and directly communicated to the Mariners. So again, everything really today is about data and the ability to track it and monitor it. And to Claire's point, understand, uh, how how you're doing, and where you can continually improve and where you can make adjustments to ensure efficiencies as well as compliance.
0: Thank you for sharing that, Heather. That's encouraging. It's um, especially coming on the heels of COP15, focusing on biodiversity. It makes me think, though, and and it's a fascinating conversation when we start digging into the technologies that are available today, which are accelerating so rapidly, but I'd put this question to you, Claire. what are some of the enabling technologies that can help you on that path to net zero sooner?
2: Hello, in the shipping sector, we have already booked what we call dual fuel vessels. Uh, we have already thirty of them in the fleet and we have booked seventy seven of them uh, which are du- dual fuel vessel we mean vessel which are lNG vessels but also in which we can put biogas and very soon uh, synthetic gas or synthetic methane, methane okay? We have also uh, booked uh, e-methanol vessels, so metha- methanol vessels in which we can have biomethanol or synthetic methanol in the future. So we, we have those assets where which are the, the, the front-end technologies, I would say. But we need also... For these assets, we need also the right uh, renewable energies like biogas or biomethane or biomethanol, and even the one which will be more uh, the the future one, the synthetic sorry synthetic uh, fuels, being able to bunker into those uh, technologies. So those are uh, the, the, the examples that I have in mind for the shipping part. On the ground, we have obviously electric trucks, and we have more and more in our fleet. Or perhaps soon we we are doing some pilots with hydrogen one. So those are the technologies that we are able to use in this sector.
0: Really exciting, and that's right in my wheelhouse—the sweet spot for me of thinking about the emerging alternative fuels. So I I would just applaud the organization because those demand levers for you know fleet purchases, right? Expanding the fleet to be able to take these new fuels is this crucial, crucial component of the global move in this direction. So I just applaud you guys on those efforts. Let's talk about the people again for a little bit. I'm I'm interested to hear from you what's harder in implementing a sustainability program within an organization. Is it harder to resource your people, to educate them, to empower them, to create impact? Or is it more difficult to bring your customers along with the journey as well?
1: No, that's, that's a fantastic question. And when it was first posed to me, uh, you know, my initial response was really, you know, all of the above. Um, but what it really takes is a strong commitment uh, by the leadership of an organization, um, a strong commitment to empower, you know, your ambassadors around the globe to carry that message. And then it's kind of incumbent upon the ambassadors around the, the globe to excite and energize um our staff members and our colleagues. And the way that we, the way that we do that is involve them in the, the local actions. And when I say local, local to the region in the local actions that we're undertaking and using those local actions is a way, way to educate, you know, and inspire them. And we also look at, look at, we look to hear their voice. We want to hear their voice. And um, a lot of our colleagues have a, um, have a, I guess, a, an affinity or a passion for working in this space on the volunteer side and offer a lot of different um, comments, opportunities, partnerships in which to engage. And so that's what we like to do, as well as connect, make those connections also with our customers and where we can work with our customers and our colleagues and our customers' colleagues can work together on, on a particular action is what we try to do, do the most of and build those relationships.
0: Extremely important to collaborate with your customers and bring your employees along as well. And I love how you're thinking about it as having ambassadors for the cause because those are the really like, voices internally that spread the message, evangelize the gospel, right? and And help people create impact in their own role. So we don't have to we think about climate jobs a lot of time as something you go do that's purely focused on climate. But when we think about every job being a climate job and embedding those principles within the way our employees are going about their daily jobs, that's when we start to find and unearth more impact that we can create organically. Um, so I love to hear that you guys are doing that. Let me pose a, a final question to you each. What's your personal motivation for being involved in sustainable supply chains?
2: I don't know. I would I would say first of all um, I'm absolutely convinced that climate change global warming is the biggest challenge ever that we have in front of us, and we have a short period a short number of years to really be able to limit as much as we can the global warming and this is the reason why we have to really embark to bring enthusiasm for all our people, but also for all our stakeholders, including our customers. The more they will be demanding towards us, and the better we're going to be to propose the right products to them and products more adapted to the world to come. This this challenge is enormous, but if we can make it positive with innovation, both technological innovation, but also social innovation or managerial innovation, the more we can embark all our our partners and stakeholders. And this is really what drives me every morning. In addition to the fact that I'm the mother of two, and I'm also happy to leave them a better planet than the one that we have today.
0: Excellent. Thank you. I completely agree.
1: Heather, what about you?
2: I like like Claire. You know, I think
1: uh, reversing climate change is one of the um, probably the greatest challenges um, of of mankind at this point. And to for me, it's 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 about stewardship. It's about as users of the oceans, as users of the natural resources, we have a responsibility to protect those resources, to extend those resources, and to to innovate in a way that allows us to do things differently, to do it more efficiently, to do it to do it cleaner, to do it to do it with a, a lens of what's the next emerging technology, you know, what's what's the next uh, what's the next moonshot, you know, what's how can we do this? And so, that's really what inspires me every morning is is saying, hey, I want to leave this this world better than I found it. But I want to do it with a team and I want to do it with an organization like CMA CGM um, that really has this focus on on protecting the environment and leaving the planet better than they found it.
0: Y'all are encouraging me so much. I love hearing about organizations that have an aligned mission focused, and a trust among the team that you're going to do the right thing. And it's clear, you know, even your third platinum in a row I hope many more to come and much more progress to come, but it's clear you guys are marching the right direction and you're doing it with extreme focus and diligence. I, I really applaud the organization and thank you both for sharing your experiences. And we look forward to staying in touch and seeing how much more CMA CGM can get done.
2: Thank you. Again, thank you very much for your invitation. And I hope you have understood our better ways, which is really what we want to offer to the world.